0: Spills shall be shaken. Shills shall be splintered. A day, a red day.
1: Hello everyone, and welcome to Saga, Ohio, a podcast by fans and players of Saga, the skirmish miniatures game from Studio Tomahawk. For our 19th episode of Saga, Ohio, my guest is British player Graham Coates. Graham kept many of us entertained through the dark days of COVID lockdown with his posting videos of his Saga games on his YouTube channel, Graham's Wargame Vault. Graham, welcome to Saga Ohio, and thanks for agreeing to be my guest.
0: No, it's my pleasure. I'm looking forward to the chat.
1: Good, me too. Uh, Maybe start off by telling our listeners when and how you got involved in playing Saga, because I see you do some other games too.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, I'm well, I'm 59 now. So in the 80s, I started playing a WRG 6th and 7th edition and then DBM and DBA. And the one that was most interesting was um, I went on to Warhammer Ancients. Um, but that was 28mm and it was the first time I saw 28s and um, the, uh, there was a couple of manufacturers oh, you've got old glory over there haven't you and uh oh yeah first call oh, yeah. mm-hmm. i mean i love first call and uh, i was painting 28s and the moment i started painting i thought wow these are great and we played um warhammer ancients for a while and then for some reason it, it went a little bit out of favor I, I don't know why and people switched to fog uh, fields of glory mm-hmm. 28s mm-hmm. and rather than being on individual bases which is what the warhammer ancients were they went on to multi-bases so we all rebased, and I, I just didn't sort of like the rules really. Um, and while that was going on, sort of saga appeared, or I just I think I must have seen it in a magazine or a war game show. Gripping uh, Beast probably doing one of their demo games, and it sort of hooked me. And I could use the 28s, which I like painting, um, and you don't need a huge amount of figures to play the game, which is which is a real selling point. You know, if you're, if you're painting a Napoleonic army, you know, you need hundreds, whereas I only needed fifty or eighty. And so I started playing, and I bought some. Um, where I start? I started. I, started, I bought some um, Welsh, and I started playing them using them at my local club. encouraged people to play, um, and I played in a few uh, tournaments. I actually played. I didn't realise. I looked at one of my old fatigue markers, and it's got Grand Melee 2014. Oh wow! So. Oh. Yeah, I know, so I've been playing it a long time and obviously I played before then and I, I I think that was either the first or the second one, Grand Melee, I, and that's the only one I ever played in and I, can't, I, I did, I think i in fourth or fifth out of 34 I think, so I didn't do too bad and I played in other competitions and and slowly more people I know at uh, the clubs I belong to started to play it as well and um, here we are, I'm was that
1: 2014 says nine years ago I've been playing it wow that's I kind of Mm. the same intro as you I I did a lot of the DBA and uh DBM for a little bit we although we focused mainly on DBA um and it was the same thing you only needed about 50 or so figures of course 15 millimeter Mm. figures is what we were doing for that back then Yeah. yeah um yeah Warhammer ancients never really caught on here locally at least uh I liked their books that they would produce. They're like army books that, uh, with yeah, all the right, paintings. Right. Yeah. They were, they were awesome. And I still mm-hmm. own some of them. Um, and I would buy them even though I wasn't playing the game just because I loved the, love the talking about the army and the, uh, the pictures of them all. And, you know, I thought it was really cool. So, um wow you've been playing quite some time and uh fourth or fifth at uh grand malay is pretty good especially considering i've even got fourth or fifth in a like a 10-player tournament
0: <laughs> yeah I, 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 did, I, I day one i think i won three and then uh, day two i think i, I had a draw drawn a, a, a sort of low win or something like that or a uh. loss a draw not on a low win but yeah it was um, a long time ago now but uh, it's the only one i've ever played in funnily enough one of my clubs um I belong to the Reading Club, and their their uh, uh, their show is called Warfare. Mm-hmm. And this year, a month ago, they they hosted Grand Melee. And, um, I was working the bring and by, but I went in and saw who was playing and I saw Andy Lyons and Mark Birch, who won it in the end. And, uh, I know a few of them. So yeah, it's a bizarre, small world.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's too bad you didn't get a chance to to play also, but you
0: know, yeah, well, well, if you belong to a club, you have to do your, your duty. And if it means working the, the show, then you have to, it's just the yeah. way it is really.
1: Yeah. We have a, a local group called, well, it's kind of a chapter of a, of a bigger group, the historical mentors gaming society and i'm the actually the president of the of of the great lakes chapter so yeah i i right. a, tend to do a lot have a lot of it's, it seems like i'm always running games and always doing something to, to host it and going to convention is is more work now uh it seems than it used to be but uh but you know it's it's still good you're 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 doing your part to to promote the hobby and that's what's important
0: yeah i mean i also play sharp practices is, is one of my favorite games as well which is like a 28 mil napoleonic skirmish game so i like the the smaller skirmish games rather than the big games to be fair so saga ticks all those boxes for me
1: yeah i've seen that you do oh. that uh that you you've done a few of your videos for sharp practice on there too and I, yeah,
0: yeah i don't I've, think they work i don't think they work actually i think i think when you um do it again you've got to be careful how long it is if you make it too long people just won't watch it i mean i might try and keep mine down a little bit um but Sarg, you know sharp practice there's no breaks you know where people are looking at battle boards it's a complete game it's a three hour game you know i've done i posted a game which was like an hour and 20 part one and an hour 20 part two and it's just too long and I, i just don't think you can do it properly really not with give it the justice it deserves
1: most of your uh most of your battle reports are about an hour and 15 minutes long or so and that's that's mm. pretty good i mean it's, it's about the length of one of my painting sessions so it's perfect
0: to Q- <laughs> <laughs> well if it gets any longer then that's that's a challenge for me and it's hard to, to start editing things that's that as you're going to ask me later it's, it's one of the hardest bits of doing it really
1: yeah especially when you add in the whole aspect of the video part where i don't have to deal with that here on the podcast i'm just just editing audio and it's kind of funny i've had a lot of i've had some some feedback from people going hey why don't you do it why don't you do a you know do it on youtube i mean what do you mean put my podcast on youtube They're like no do video too i'm like i really don't want to just have like two talking heads on a video i mean <laughs> it's it's perfectly fine to most of the people probably aren't, aren't watching my face they're just listening to it and uh so they, or they wouldn't be watching my face so so yeah, so hey, as long as we're talking about it, I know I've I've really enjoyed watching your YouTube broadcasts of your Saga games. Can you talk a little about hey, what got you started on doing that?
0: Yeah, um, well, I, I've got a another YouTube channel which my, my my day job really is I'm a football coach, and I upload foot sound football. I upload um, game footage um, to YouTube. I edit it, so I'm already editing stuff already. And I, I uploaded it to YouTube as a private link just for my team, so it's not everybody can see what I'm saying. Um, so it was kind of, kind of in my mind a little bit that I, that I've been doing that for a year or two. Um, and when COVID came along, um, I wanted to keep in touch with uh, all my friends at the World Games clubs. So I thought, hmm, I'll uh, I'll just post some what I'm painting. Only three or four minute clips of what. Because we all sat down and painted like mad for, for nine months, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Well, I did anyway. And so I started doing um, lockdown painting. And other people were doing the same as well. And um, then I thought, well, wonder if I can play a game? So we sort of experimented. And then I started uploading games. And they were private to start with. Just, just again, a I didn't go global on all of them. I just kept, because they were quite rustic probably is the best word. Mm -hmm. describe them and I uploaded those and it went from there. I mean, there's a guy, there's a guy on um, YouTube called uh, Travis and he's a tabletop CP. Have you heard of him? Uh,
1: I think I've seen like stuff uh, out there about him, but I have not actually watched anything. No.
0: Well, he's, um, he's the thing to be, I'm inspired by really. He does mostly sharp practice, bolt action, but he has done a, a couple of games of Saga and he has got the most fantastic American guy he's got the most fantastic setup he's got like a frame over the top of the table he does all this fantastic editing and it's uh it's really inspiring to watch it really i mean it's way out of my league but he's what he won a, a major award last year yeah very very good he's he's well worth a watch but uh He's like you he must have a production team, or <laughs> well, he does it, or really don't. But
1: or, or that's what yeah, his day job is. Instead of being a football coach, he's a, he's a videographer or something, and so it's all, mm, maybe. all second nature to <laughs> him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So so uh, no, he, but so I've seen other people post games, and some of them um, work well, some work less well. Um, but uh, end of the day, um, I'm, I'm very aware of what I deliver, and you know the quality is is rustic it's, it's okay but all i want people to do is look at the game look at the battle boards and i know you can't read the script but if you've got the the battle board in front of you you can see where the dice are and you can read it and know oh he's going to do that or he's going to do that and that's all i'm after really is just to share share our share our game really which which i really love playing
1: yeah, I I like it because uh I get to see some of the armies I never ever get to see around here play, and especially once you started with the Age of Invasions. Uh I think you started doing games before I even got my book uh from mm. there. So, it's it's good to see um it's good to see when you play an army that I've played before to see different ways of doing it. Uh like I think there was one <laughs> one match where um I I think it was maybe you and Wayne were was he playing the Mongols and you were playing the Moors or something? And yeah. he started off immediately charging. I mean, he's just like, and I'm picturing the Mongols, are they, hey, soften them up with the with compound bow a little bit and, and then go in. But uh, he was like, you know, immediate all-out charge. I'm like, wow, I guess I never really, you know, thought of doing He's that quite an aggressive player, Wayne.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think he has raw red meat before he plays a game. That way he gets his aggression <laughs> up. I think, well, I believe he does. Yeah,
1: um, and that's, and that, maybe that's why he always is player one, because he, he rolls really high. Do you know what,
0: that is so, that is so funny, we always roll, and he goes, I know I'm going to be player one, and uh, we'll roll in it, and he always is, and he always has the free dice, and he always moans about it, it does make me chuckle, but yeah,
1: um, I, it's, just, I, it's just a taken, really. Right, at the last tournament I was at, the three games, uh, all player one, every single time, and uh, there was one time that I went up to, when I went up to, um, Minneapolis to play with the guys from uh, Saga Thor's Day and the, and the Minneapolis guys, the Saga Storm guys. Oh, yeah. And we mm-hmm. played, I was playing Monty and we were playing one battle where I guess I had never realized it where it said, you know, you roll and high roller deploys. I always just assumed that the second guy deployed right after that. You know, I do a unit, he does a unit. But no, you roll on every single unit. And I rolled higher and deployed my entire army before Monty deployed one. So, <laughs> So I am fully in sympathy with uh, with Wayne when he goes when he's playing oh, no, again and again and again.
0: Don't, don't, don't be too don't be too sympathetic with him, really. He'll just, just feed off it. I know him; he will. I, I, I mean, that one you're that, that one you're talking about. I think the first player, if it's if it's if it's tied, you go first. I think or you deploy. I think that's probably why you ended up doing that, but. Uh, yeah. I played Wayne. Funn- I played Wayne. Funny enough, last Wednesday, and that exact same thing happened, and I deployed my entire army before he virtually got his out which was he found quite amusing
1: well yeah he probably thought it was a little little payback there for all the all the first yeah. player yeah <laughs> it's uh I, I always look forward to every time you're playing wayne to hear at least once in the game wayne's outrageous you
0: know yeah i know i'm gonna I'm, I've, got, I've got a soundbite of him saying something else and i'm gonna soundbite <laughs> that as well i'm gonna put i'm gonna put that i said you got a catchphrase mate he says no i haven't i said yes you have
1: he does, he does, it's outrageous. Yeah. So, yeah. so the, to maybe let our people know, how how do you do that? How, what do you use to record those, those videos? Because they look great. I know you say they look rustic, but I think they look great. Uh, what kind of equipment do you use?
0: Well, I've experimented. Um, before COVID um, and when I was doing my uh, football coaching, I just tried uploading it and I used a, a GoPro. Um, and it worked okay. But because it's widescreen, it didn't really work. And then um, COVID came, uh, and I, first of all, I tried using Discord um, with a, a tool called OBS Studio, and it was—I um, was running it a little while, but there were problems with the cameras, and we were running two webcams. Um, so, and I was switching between the two cameras, which I think for online gaming, you you kind of almost need that, but. When you switch, the camera almost like has to focus, and there's a half a second delay, and you're almost editing that out. Um, after that, we went to Zoom, um, which worked better. Um, again, I'm using a um, I'm using a webcam, but I found the quality of the webcams differ. If you go and buy one for fifteen pounds or fifteen dollars or whatever it is, you get what you pay for, even if they say it's 1080 it's a really poor 1080 whereas I bought a Microsoft one which is the one I use primarily now and it cost me 50 quid pounds and uh, the quality is better um, and that works fine I, I used Zoom for a while um, and this was online um, but there was occasions when poor old Wayne or whoever I was playing I'd forget to turn off his portrait and there he is with his hand in his head shaking his <laughs> and I couldn't get rid of it and I thought oh god poor old bugger I've left him on there. Um, since we've got back to the club and Covid is, is relaxed a little bit I'm, I'm still struggling to find a, a really good way to do it. A friend of mine uses um, uh, an iPhone and you, you can have these uh, with ha- handles that dampen the movement but mm-hmm. I wanted something fixed because it meant I was holding that all the time and you're having to move figures, and it, I didn't think it would work. So now I, I take my laptop um, and I connect a, a webcam to that, and that works fine. Um, one of the problems I have, the, the club in, in Reading in particular is very large, um, there's a lot of ambient noise. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And if you get someone on the table next to you who's shouting or whatever, or you can hear everything he says, Um, and I went out and bought a a manufacturer called uh, Rode, R-O-D-E, and they sell mics for Mm -hmm. for all sorts of things, and they're Bluetooth mics, and I bought them, and they weren't cheap, um, but you you couldn't run the Microsoft um, software to connect to it, I needed to use another uh, tool called Streamlabs OBS, Um, and that's been a real pain because I've had problems setting it up. I've not been able to turn the mic off the laptop. So I've lost actually two games that I recorded mm. that I thought were going to be good. And one of them was Wayne using the Sassanids. Oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he absolutely whooped my ass, which and he says, well, you've just lost it deliberately, Graham, of course. Mm. <laughs> which is not true. <laughs> but, so I've lost a couple. So I'm still trying to improve that. But if I can get these clip-on mics to work, these Bluetooth mics, I think that will solve it. Yeah. But the one thing I yeah. want to do in the future is, um, and we're going to ex- uh, experiment with a little bit, is if I can improve the quality of the camera, and maybe at the moment you can on, on YouTube go up to, to 4K, I believe. And if you can get a 4K camera um, and use that, that, that might just give us a little bit more clarity. But how much, the only problem with that would be is the actual size of file. Um, you're going to be uh, moving between devices will be quite large but that's kind of where I'm going to in the future if you look again at uh, tabletop CP Travis he's using an iPhone and I believe he's running at 4k and you can see it's just a little bit clearer than than, than mine but um, that's kind of where I'm going really but uh, we're getting there we're getting there
1: yeah it's interesting I uh, I'm actually doing some I started my own YouTube channel for recording veterans. Uh, I'm, I'm a veteran, although I didn't really never fought in a war or anything like that. But I've been uh, recording them. The, what prompted me to do that was our um, our normal veterans day we have at our middle school. I'm a middle school history teacher. Um, we weren't allowed to bring in veterans this year because of you know, COVID and everything. And last year, we just canceled mm-hmm. it outright. Um, and so I thought, well, I still want them to see it. So I, I approached a few veterans that I know. And I sat down with them and recorded like you know, a video and then chopped it up into like 15 minute you know, 15 minutes worth. And, you know, the kids loved it and everything. And the teachers liked it. And I thought, well, what the heck, why don't I just make this more public rather than just on our school? And so I created a, a YouTube channel uh, called Veterans Recall. And uh, we did the, my girlfriend and I had the same kind of issues with the sound and we could control it. We weren't in the middle of a war game club or anything, but we ended up getting one of those road roadie microphones also. And it's got this little mm. poof poof ball on it. It looks like a Tribble from Star Trek. Uh, but we, that, yeah. we plugged it directly into one of the video cameras and then the other video camera, we still have the sound on, but I, I just, I, I edit that out. I just use just the, uh, the image if I want me, you know, look, you know, asking a questions on there, but we're using the sound from the other one. Uh, and we set that kind of between us. Um, but I, and it 's a pretty good quality, and I think it it maybe dampens the other noise but uh but yeah I think if you could get something that could like you said clip to an actual the person talking, I think that mm. would even even better block out the other noise uh yeah i think
0: we 're close i think I think we 're close it 's just frustrating that i 've lost i lost a game with Wayne and I lost another game where um there was another guy in reading and we played uh two Greeks factions fighting each other, which I was really keen to try um using the same battle board albeit uh, Syracuse against as i think it was cool um but i i lost those and i, I it's, it's interesting come wednesday night I'm thinking oh, do i take those things and risk it or do because I, I, I want to record all the games and share them and particularly if it's a good one so is there, um,
1: is there still uh, audio there or is it what 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 got uh messed up the most was it the video or the audio uh,
0: it was it was the uh, it was two things the basically the audio the I was getting uh, feedback. Oh um,
1: okay, yeah, it's done. Uh, yeah. From
0: from the mic in the laptop, um, and the two mics that we've got, and there was a feedback. But also the uh, the OBS tool, um, it was it was freezing the screen after about ten minutes each time, and I'm having to go in, restart it, and. So there, there are there are some setting issues as well that I need to get my head around as well. So,
1: oh, okay. I, was I will get if, there. If it was, uh, if you still had the audio, you could always just you know take stills from the video and and uh, play that. But yeah, if you've got feedback, no one wants to listen to that for. You
0: know, oh, it's horrible! It, it really is. I would about it, and then you'd turn it off. But, yeah. Um, no i'll get there I'll get that's
1: there. that's good what what is it you enjoy most about doing those i know and i enjoy watching them i'll sit there and i'll sit down to paint and i will go oh good graham's got another uh, another game on there and i will play it and every once in a while i'll look over most of the time i'm just listening to your guys' description of it but like when it's a big mm-hmm. roll coming up I'll, I'll look over and i'll like wow wayne's rolling terrible tonight or whatever you know? yeah. so but no, uh, yeah.
0: what do you like about doing those um it's interesting i watch the games and I make mistakes. I know I do. And I, that's why I always ask for people to give feedback on the mistakes I made. Also, um, when you play Saga, you think you know the rules. But the reality is, you know the, the rules in your own little world that you play in. And if, the, if, you, if I know the rules better than most people around me, which I think I do, um, and if I get things wrong, I'm going to continue to get things wrong. For instance, one was um, when you close ranks, and someone charges you with javelin, they lose their plus one. Now, I don't know how many years I've been playing that that plus one still counts, but until someone actually wrote that in the comments, I think, hmm, he's right. And it's it's things like that. Another one, um, I did a little, very, very short movie on Composite Bow. Um, it was only like a, me and a friend of mine called Alex, a play at Farnborough. He and I were having this discussion about it. And in the instance, we've got to do something about this. And we did this in lockdown. And it's only like a ten-minute video on the composite bow rules and what you do. And until we did that, because people were pointing out it was wrong, uh, you just don't know. You keep on doing it wrong. Um, I mean, it's like when also when I'm playing a game, you I forget to put a fatigue on both the things after melee, or you know, or I forget to use determination on my warlord. All these silly little things. You watch them, you think, you know. It, it would make me a better player to be more switched on with these things but ultimately I guess this is the difference between a really good tournament, tournament player and there's some really brilliant ones in, in you know in England in the, in the GB. Um, they just don't make these mistakes that I, I make and I guess I'm just a, a club player really who enjoys playing. I mean the big thing about all these games and doing these reports is I must laugh at them because if'm if I don't laugh at them I'm not going to do them um so clearly i'm not that serious about what i do and, and probably you can tell that by my language you probably get a little bit excited <laughs> sometimes and you get authentic club wargaming language adult language. <laughs> you think oh did i really say that and then do wayne really say that oh, i'll leave that in <laughs> but it's it is what it is it's just it's just a club night game and that's why i do it i mean i know people do things on youtube if you um if you've um if you get over a thousand i didn't know this but if you get over a thousand subscribers you could you generate income because then they can start giving you money from the ad the adverts you see um and the more subscribers you get the more money you get and i didn't know this i mean that was farthest from my mind the only reason i did it was to promote saga and what i do wargaming and the fact that i'm nowhere near a thousand is probably kind of irrelevant but people do it to make money and i don't i do it just purely to sell our our great game system which we've got
1: yeah and i tell you what i've i've learned from watching your games too i was insistent for the longest time that when you say for example a viking player uses the odin ability and exhausts Mm. the unit i was insistent that you could not use those fatigue this turn and the shooting um it seemed to me kind of irrelevant why would you ever want to do it he's exhausted now but you know, I looked things up after you had said on there and I and actually I was saying, You're wrong, Graham. You're wrong. You know, you can't do it. You can't use it <laughs> And then I went and looked it up and I'm like, dang, I said I was wrong on that. Um, <laughs> I agree with you on the plus one on javelins. Uh, the but for so long I just I would always forget about the plus one on javelins. Mm. I mean to to use it when I charged and, and I would I've actually gone and created a figure, an impaled figure you know, impaled by a javelin and i stick him on top of my dice that i use to roll to hit so they don't forget yeah. and now what i guess they well, need to do is is make put a big shield next to him so i remember that to not give the plus 1 if they close ranks i, I don't know it's just you're right there's a lot of little things that it's easy it's, to it's like a,
0: in in the dice tray i've now got some little counters made that for fatigue which hopefully makes it a bit clearer but there's also a plus one to the dice as well and there's one for closing ranks i'm hoping although you probably can't see the the writing on the the thing is there to remind me that i will never forget that again and once it's on there i don't so but it's little things like that you refine
1: but right yeah and i'd like to do that i would like to sit there and make up a whole set of uh little counters and yeah, i'd like to 3d them like Know, make a, a standard that has a flag and it says plus one to hit or whatever. You know, so it's a little more you know visual. But uh, yeah, I, those things that help so much. And I need to. I want to. Mm-hmm. I even want to do one for the warlord's determination. We obey, especially for beginning players, so they could stick them next to their warlord. At so the they don't forget. The yes, yeah, so they don't forget. You know, because exactly. so many people will forget about that. But there's uh, a
0: company in in uh, the UK called Warbases, and if you. I got mine. They cost me less than ten pounds, including postage and packing. And they will make, the, make them the shape you want, the colour you want, and with the script on there you want. And uh, <clears throat> you know, I, it, I, to be fair, I'm surprised uh, Griffin Beast or someone like that hasn't really got hold of that. They could put a little moniker on there as well. And uh, you know, they sell the, the fatigue markers already. Why can't they do those as well? I
1: mean, right? Exactly. It's easy, isn't it? Well, yeah. and there's other little things that you've done on your on your. Uh your sh- your videos that i mean that like when you would put the two large dice next to each other and flip the faces as as you know somebody uses a fatigue to raise their armor or whatever i've seen our local players who've watched your videos start to do that too so mm-hmm. so yeah i think uh you know it's, it's, the ideas you have on there are really uh you know kind of spreading around the the saga community
0: oh nice that's cool that's good i mean that that's the sort of thing that people miss and you uh uh what you want to do is is make the game as simple as possible to play and obviously from my point of view I'm trying to make it as visually as easy to follow as possible and if you do that these things help these right. things help
1: yeah i definitely agree um not to like uh, continue to go on and on about your videos but what's what's the most difficult part about you know putting that Hour and fifteen-minute episode of your. You newest... just said it
0: there. <laughs> Mike, You're... you just said it. The edit.
1: <laughs> the, the edit, edit is part.
0: hard. Yeah, it is hard. Uh, but as I was saying about. The games, I'm trying to keep them under a one hour 30 because uh, I think that's the attention span where people are going to sit and watch because no one's going to watch one, half of it today and half of it tomorrow. I just don't think it works that way. Right. As you say, you, you give yourself an hour to paint your figures and see, so that's kind of my target. I mean, as I said, sharp practice is too long. We played, um, I recorded at Reading, we played a four player wooden oafs game and yeah. I love, the, I love that. It's the best game, but that was six turns. So there was 24 battle boards, different battle board decisions to be made, 24 player turns, and it was just too long. It was it really, it just didn't work. And I've still got it on my desktop thinking, well, will I do something with that? There
1: and it was there. a good game.
0: Mm-hmm. It is there, but it, it, it was just too long. It's like... Um, Epic games as well, the bigger ones. I mean, I'm, I'm quite keen on, on if we've got an all dayer, then Wayne and I, we've played one already, a 16 point game, I think we played. And they play really well, but you just can't record them. They're just too long. You need to keep these things simple. It's like um, you, you've got to take the difficulty down. And one of the things, for instance, I find that I'm not a great fan of is the ruses in Age of Hannibal. mm mm-hmm. um, I know people use them and they're fine, but it, I want the game to be as simple as possible. And I think that's one, for me, that's one complication too many. A bit like the inspiration points on the Epic Games, where you gain them as you go, you achieve over half, off the, over the one side of the battlefield or the other. It needs to be simple. Right. And um, right. interestingly, um, in the grand melee that I saw, um there were of course they mixed all the different factions up from the different books which i've never seen before and the age of hannibal factions did quite well without the ruses
1: i'm with you 100 percent on that i think that i guess what i look at is we're always seems like we're always in recruiting mode wanting to get more and more people involved in the, the game we're playing and the ruses are just kind of like that one step too far Um, that it's the only person that's really going to have an advantage on that is the very experienced player. And it's just Mm -hmm. yet another thing that gives the very experienced player an edge over the relative newbie. And so, I don't know, I'm with you. I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, We do the, you know, on our normal game days, and actually at our tournaments too, we mix them up. And uh, I haven't seen anything that says, one age is tougher than the other. I mean, some people maybe have done have, have, you know ran the numbers and everything, but from just looking at our games, it's armies that are really tough and not books that are really tough. Yeah. You
0: know, so mm, I think least, so. Yeah. I mean, there's, there are factions out there that we know are strong. Right. And, um but you know, it, it, I don't think they need the ruses, but that, that's me. So, but it's, as I say, that the most important thing is to make the game as simple as possible. when you, make complications they become more difficult to follow and i'm trying to stop all that it's a bit like um if i'm chasing my if i know i'm going to be late to a game rather than playing six turns i say we'll play five turns rather than playing six points we play five points you've got to cater it for the person you're playing and the time you've got you've got to do that all the time and i do that
1: yeah, we try to do that with new players, too. We'll do mirror image battles where, you know, they're both playing Vikings or they're both playing whatever. Mm, that's
0: the best way. That's the best yeah, way. Yeah,
1: so they can see the board in action and everything. Um, so you mentioned your local Reading War Games Club. Um, I saw your back back there and everything. Can you tell us maybe a little bit about Reading War Games Club and how many Saga players you've recruited there?
0: Yeah, well, I I belong to two clubs, actually. Um, the club i belong to since the 80s is Farnborough, and it's a small club. Um, and we get you know, between fifteen and thirty people every Friday night. We go there. Um, in truth, I, I have problems getting to games there these days because I work Friday nights, and so I turn up later and heckle mostly. Okay. But there is a there, there is a saga community there, and I know there's three or four decent players who play there, and we've I've played against them for years. And at the the Reading Club, actually, at Ducat, I ran a small competition once, and Ducat came and played, um, which was really good. he used Uh, yeah so he 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 did really well um i belong to (laughs) reading as well um and every wednesday night they get well when when COVID's not kicking in they get between 70 and 80 people there
1: oh my gosh is a massive club yeah
0: Yeah, it's a it's one of the biggest clubs in the uk if, if not the biggest one um and it's great there's loads and loads of games going on there but um there's quite a saga community, and I I've I played between eight and ten different people there, maybe more over the years. So I've always got games, and in fact, I've booked my games up um, to the other side of Christmas already. I'm, I'm you know I'm I'm into January now, so I've got game I got I play saga every single week there Wow. Without, yeah. So you got,
1: got a full dance card there then, don't you? So
0: <laughs> yeah, I do.
1: Everybody's lining yeah, up yeah. to play Graham. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, knock me over, and then I let them. So, <laughs> no, so it's now. I, like, I like playing it there, and there's it, it's, it's a really good war games community. And of course, they they hold one of the biggest shows in the UK as well, called Warfare. And they held it um, a month ago at Ascot Racecourse. And of course, they had Grand Melee there, which was fantastic as well. It was a coup. And uh yeah, so I think they had 24 in that competition. I think maybe more actually, maybe 28. But yeah, it yep. was well well, well run.
1: Yeah, I actually listened to the uh, Saga Northern Tempest uh, podcast episode uh, that they uploaded on December 7th uh, from that, about that. And and Chris and Joe and uh, Jim all talked about how they did each round, round by round, blow by blow kind of mm. thing, uh, each of their games. It was fun to listen to. So, uh, yeah, that's great. That's awesome that you guys have that big of a club, you know, and that many people showing up on a weekly basis.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's lots of people who want to play it, which is great. So... i'm never without a game so uh, and i take my camera there every week so as i say i've got two games backed up that i've got to upload so um oh wow
1: so there's more to come so keep keep checking graham's war game vault uh, (laughs) yeah i've got i haven't watched the uh the roman versus uh gray cooley one is that your newest one Mind yeah
0: mind that was a that? good one yeah it was against Neil from Farnbury come over to Reading for the day and uh, he's he's a good player he's a very good
1: player so all right I have to watch that one uh haven't haven't watched that one yet um mm. I know one of your regular opponents is Wayne I I, I like I said I, I love listening to the two of you banter back and forth uh while I'm sitting there painting and uh so how long have you and Wayne been gaming together
0: I, I reckon I reckon we've I've been I've known him longer but uh, uh, he, I think he was an umpire at uh, that Grand molly I played in, I think. I'm not sure. I, I know he, he does a lot of work for Gripping Beast. Um, so I've been playing him for six or seven years, I think. But uh, there's a, an ancient set called Sword Point. Have you heard of, heard of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, he was involved with the playtest of that, and he's written Army List. So he, when it comes to rules, he's super switched on. Um, and uh, he's, he's a very good person to play. You know, he plays in uh, competitions for Swordpoint. And, um, yeah, I, I like playing him. He's got the – I like playing him, and the games are even. But he, we do like having a laugh, and that's for what I want on a club night game. I, I, I went there, and I knew I'd have a headache at the end of it. I'm not going to play him again. So, right. But, he's, he's a, but he, he plays a good game as well, so don't tell him that. But, um... Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll edit
1: that <laughs> part out of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: he plays so. a good game
1: yeah he seems like a fun guy too so now from watching your videos it's it's pretty obvious to me you like and you enjoy playing a smattering of different armies you're not you don't just stick to the one army all the time um Mm -hmm. can you maybe give my listeners a rundown of your favorite armies from the various books
0: yeah i mean i can i mean the reason why i I, um play all these different armies is because like, like wayne would say to me okay pick two armies we haven't played so you play the polish in the orden stat then next week we play another two different armies and we we're trying to go through the whole book um yes i've got favorite armies and i'd love to play them week in week out and get good at them but the reality is we're trying to play them all it's like we've we've played i think we've got another two to we've got the saxons and one more to play out of the age of invasions but we have played most of them now and most of them have been uploaded but um so that's why we play. I play all of them. If, um, but the reality is, I, I like the Norse scale from the Age of Vikings. I think that is a a real fun faction. I don't think it's a. I wouldn't use it in a competition. Uh, <laughs> and if I wanted to win, I'd play the Welsh. But uh, Norse scale are great fun um, in uh, the Age of Crusades. Um, version one, I love. I call Peter Peter, Peter the Hermit i loved playing that and i know it's now called a broken faction and they've nerfed it a little bit didn't they but um i loved that with, the, with all those levy there's four units of levy two two fanatic two normal uh, one unit of calf and uh i think I had a unit of bow and i think that's all i had or it might have been a unit of uh, half and guard that was a great faction to play um with the version one, the Mongols, I like now, um, mm-hmm. but I don't get too many opportunities mm-hmm. to play them. I like the Mongols. I've got a complete Mongol army. And when in version one, it was the Huns. I used them as Huns and they were very, very powerful, really powerful. Um, with H Hannibal, I like the Gauls. I've got, the, they've got that one magic ability, which generates all those dice. Oh, yeah. it's oh. that. That's an absolute beast. But I'm really keen uh, to to play the Numidians more. I mean, I painted that Numidian, you know, from scratch, from Vitrix, during Mm -hmm. lockdown, and I'm really keen to play them. And I like them, actually. They're they're quite a hard faction to play. But one of the Northern Tempest guys, I think he got placed with Numidians at Grand Mallet, I think. I think he did extremely well. Um, Age of Invasions. I like the Franks, I think. But I've 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 won big and got... Stuffed big. Okay. <laughs> so, so I've worked them out yet what to do with them. Um, Age of Magic, uh, I wasn't a fan of that. And I sold all my stuff for that. So that just wasn't for me. I didn't like the formula of it all. But um, mm-hmm. there we go. All
1: right. Well, I mean, you, uh, you'd you mentioned to me earlier Norse Scales. And uh, I, uh, I haven't really had a lot of people play it around here in Saga, Ohio land. I've played it twice, I think it was. And you're right mm. it's not the one you want to play if you want to win because it's got some definite mm. weaknesses but it's fun it is it is a, oh yeah fun. i love it so I maybe we'll it. talk about that one a little bit uh um maybe you can tell our listeners uh, who don't know the historical background what who are these dudes who are the norse Gales?
0: well i, th- I think they were the the viking invaders and they uh, they came around to, the, to the, the, the the on the western isles of scotland and they inhabited there island the isle of man which is an island between england and, and ireland um, and obviously uh, they went out and uh, looked for plunder and that's basically what they were go a viking i suppose but they would uh, that's who they were um, a bit like um that game of thrones there was that uh the people with the boats i always think of them like those you know all they oh, were yeah. interested oh. in was plunder do you remember that
1: the I always think of them. As yeah. cool that's yeah, it iron the iron
0: islands, iron islands. that's yeah. it yeah. i always think of them like that i don't know why but uh, they always make me think that way but uh, that's who they are and uh, i think they're uh, for me that they're almost like a an upgraded viking army because mm-hmm. i think the vikings in version two aren't the strongest whereas the north scale are great fun but they're a bit fiddly to use i think but i think they're a proper viking army i think
1: right you know pretty much geared up to attack and
0: uh mm. you know, what,
1: what else do you need you know besides the ability to attack <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly <laughs> right
1: so uh maybe go down and tell us uh, how you build your norscale scale list uh when i built mine yeah. I, was, I was also thinking that they were the you know, the Lord of the Isles, you know, summerlid and all that from the Hebrides exactly is, is what I envision mine as more, more so than the ones who were settled in Ireland. But, uh, so what's grim yeah. Norse gale look, look, like what kind of troop type? typically,
0: yeah. So typically my warlord. it's an option for a Danax, but, um, that's situational. Sometimes it's better to have him a bit stronger cause people will pick him out. Um, I always go with, um, two half units. Uh, so two, Eight, eight and half and guard and I give them danax and I call them my hammer but I tend to hold on to them for later game but they don't come out until about turn four or so um I, I like to have um, three points of warriors and what I do is I have uh, two units of six with danax so they're almost like your Berserker unit mm-hmm. um, and and uh, one unit of uh, uh, one unit of 12 javelin um, and the levy, um, I have one unit of levy which are javelin again, but it depends what I want really. I think the problem with this build is that it doesn't generate a huge amount of dice, so um, sometimes I have them in a block of 12 and sometimes I might put them into two sixes because they're useful to, for putting because you can shift fatigue from your fighting units onto a, uh, a, a units within S of it. Uh, Uh, slaves I think expendable they call it the ability I think it is Mm -hmm. so that's kind Mm of pretty well my standard build
1: I actually did the same thing too. I did the the units of six also, and kind of ran them along behind the units to, to soak up exactly the fatigue, protect, them.
0: So I, protect them. Protect
1: uh, them. Sir, you dropped yeah. the fatigue here. Allow me to carry it for you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I like the I like the um, the two units of six warriors with Danax because you can you protect them a little bit, then you send them in and you find a bigger unit and then you hit them hard and if you can steal a saga dice off them and i always view in saga if you kill more than what they kill of you then you've succeeded um obviously it's situational as well but uh, that's kind of how i play i play very aggressively with them and i think you have to you can't you can't do you you can't do a limpet on the back edge of your board you've got to get forward and you've got to get stuck in with this this warband otherwise they'll just pick you off
1: so you were saying the Dane Axe was situational mainly for the Warlord then, but for your actual, uh, your Hearthguard and your, your Warriors, you pretty much almost always go with the, the Dane Axe for the Hearthguard and for, you know, two units of six for the Warriors then, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but I like the, uh, the unit of 12 with Javelin as well. I think that's useful to have, because you've got, you've got a shooting, and you know, six Javelin is strong. Right. And if you can charge with them as well, they go in and they hit hard. You just got to protect them a little bit and um, make sure you, you get in first before your opponent, really, I think. But, um, yeah, that's that's the build I go for. Whether it's the best build in the world, uh, I don't know. But it, it suits me. It suits my aggressive play, I suppose.
1: <laughs> I think that I did, when I played them, I did two units of six Hearthguard and then the two units of normal eight-man Warriors... And then I took my uh, my levy and I think I had two points of levy just that was before we could do the half point thing. I think I'd like it even more now that we can do the half point to have those guys. Running have you done that yet? Nice. Have you done that?
0: Have you have you done that in a game yet?
1: I have not. And I think there's some armies mm. that are going to be jumping up and down for the chance to do that. Um, yeah. In other armies, maybe it won't be as big of a deal for, it, but I think this—I can see where this would definitely be one to do it because I, I kind of thought two points of levy was almost too much, but you know allowed me to make the you know, the, the little units of slaves. I had three units of, them. I allowed them to be eight so they don't the first time they lose one they don't, don't automatically lose a saga die. But I did the same yeah. thing. I kind of had them behind following along behind mm. the hearthguard and the warriors. So who's out front for you guys? You've got a lot of dane axes there. I mean, say you're facing somebody that's got a, a decent amount of uh, bow fire. You know, who, who's leading the uh leading the charge so to speak?
0: Well, it's going it's going to be my warriors with javelins and I'd have to have one of my one of my 26s, but my my intent is to not wait, is to get stuck in. You've got sooner or later they're going to shoot you. You've got to get stuck in also, I think i think terrain is really important if you can start getting your opponent to funnel their way into you rather than you going on and all of a sudden they're 180 degrees in front of you you're, you're in trouble you need to you need to have them in the right place for you i think i think terrain is actually quite important for this faction and i what think would
1: you set up then? if you if, if you're playing a normal clash of warlords where you get to set up the the battlefield what would you try to do with your terrain
0: well, first things first, I'd get that ruin, <laughs> yep. and I'd put it smack in the middle, just a little bit forward, um, twelve inches, thirteen inches in. So, and and then I would try and, if I could, get a, wherever he goes, he's going to put a. I would expect if my opponent wanted an open, I'd I would uh, have to go to the other side. He's going to put a hill, then I'd put a either a rocky ground or a big wood. On the other side and if you can cr- create some sort of funnel at least you've got a chance you, you need that you can't go straight across a, a wide open battlefield with the north scale i just don't get work i think you i think you do need that protection
1: okay if you're so fighting cool.
0: on three flanks it's hard i think i think you need to be on one or two at the most i think
1: okay makes sense they want to they want terrain that looks like where they're from basically they want they, they want the, the yeah the, <laughs> you know, woods of scotland there so um so look standing back and looking at them, what what are the strengths and the weaknesses of the Norse scales as you begin to tell us yeah. you know, more dig in more on the abilities and everything, but what, what's their main strengths I, and weaknesses?
0: I think in hand to hand they're a fantastic faction. They are what a Viking army should be. Everybody thinks of Vikings as crazy guys going in doing a lot of pain. These guys are the ultimate hand to hand melee army, I think. Um obviously You've got to. You can't go in. You've got to have the board loaded um, when they're in that state. Also, I think once the board is loaded, even in the opponent's phase, I think they're very resilient. If you can get yourself into the right place with the dark right dice at the right place, right time, um, they're not good against ranged. Um, they've got no shooting reaction um, on the combat bonus, and this is something I missed for a little while, and I'll admit this. It says it, it's, it's only attack dice. If you look, it doesn't say defense dice. And it took me took me a couple of games. And said, oh God! There's no defense dice on the combat bonus. I think I my first game
1: too, and didn't realise yeah. it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's a small print. Uh, but that's important. Um, you know, it, it's just not there. So that that doesn't help either. Um, and also, I think I think the army itself is it, it, it's slow. It's quite ponderous. If you're playing someone with um, lots of cavalry or uh, an army, I don't know, the picks maybe out of the wrong book or or the Welsh where they call the activation reactions, you're going to struggle against them all all day long. So I think they are slow. So for tournament play, I I really, as I said, I don't think think they're a winning formula, but for a club night game, um, I think they're perfect for me. Absolutely. And that's why I love playing them, to be fair.
1: So what's your general strategy with them? So you, you got to get stuck in, you said, and you can't sit there and you know, let them shoot you to pieces. So, what, what do you try to do? How do you, how do you send those units forward?
0: Well, you've got to, you, you almost got to give them some bait, haven't you? Mm-hmm. You've almost got to give them some bait, and the bait would be the javelins. Uh, it wouldn't be my hammer. It would be probably a unit of six, and if you can get them to come forward towards you, I, th- I think that's that's the thing. You, you've also you've also got to deploy as far forward as you possibly can within reason. You you can't sit back, deploy six inches from the back edge. Um, I know, I appreciate the book of battles. Obviously the victory conditions are the fifth or the sixth thing you choose. Um, but if you, if you know you're playing clash of warlords, I would deploy as far forward as possible and, and just try and get people to come at you. And if they can, then you should get some success out of that.
1: Okay. So they're kind of playing yeah. into your hand by taking your bait, uh, to and that, uh, I hope that, so, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: so, um, they have probably one of the, the most intricate, uh, chain of events to go on with the, the different saga abilities, uh, advanced saga abilities. What's, can you kind of run us through what your plan is with the cause they've got ones that stock up the combat bonus and then mm. one that restocks it based on the number of people killed. What, what do you try to do? What's your, if, you, if it's a perfect world, and you've got Wayne sitting there right in your sights you know what uh, what do you do with, well, with these guys what, which abilities use in what order so to speak
0: well um there's an ability called for the so different abilities so for instance the two the two um blocks of six warriors um i would look to use howling axes um because you're only going to have 12 dice at a, as a maximum anyway and um, that would give you free attack dice. So if you're going to go in, go in with that. If you've got any, if you use any uh, dice off the combat bonus and you only need one, and all of a sudden you're running at a maximum of 12. And if you're hit, if you're your arm if you're taking their armor down by one, you are going to do some big damage with those. Um, and I, I swear by that, I think that works really, really well. Um, one of the abilities, I think you've it, it's a question of timing um, is clean fist and it says you take three of your available attack dice roll them and place them and you're getting that for a beta or an uncommon and I think that's great value because you're going to get a minimum of three combat uh, dice and if you're really lucky which I'm never am you could have six you know um and that that's massive in itself and what you do is you you place that in the melee you might use it for the melee you're in or you leave it on there For the next melee that's coming and you load the bases a little bit and i think that's a good one um everything is all about that that combat bonus and if you can get at the end of your turn have six or seven dice in there and if you've got one or two rares in there it makes you really really tough in melee bear in mind you can't use these for defense you know you can't use them um for defense dice but it does it it makes that it makes them um Really good. So you you you, you tee your bases. So the other one I like. And um, there's one where you can kill um, spill blood. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, you if you're gonna if you know you want to take someone's warlord out or a half a guard unit out, you take on the levy first. You you kill lots of them. Every single one you kill um, of yours and theirs that dies, you get a combat uh, bonus. So. You make sure it's not the first thing because you need to have burnt a lot of your spare dice. That's that's important as well. Um, you've got to have a little pool of spare dice. Then you use that, then you load the battle the combat bonus up, then you go in for, for the, the one you you actually want to do the damage on. And that's powerful. Yeah. So I think yeah. I think I think you've got to you've got to, it's it's not just a question of doing it. You've got to, it's almost like you go in with the howling axes, um, again, um using Spill blood as well against, a, as an example, a levy unit. You're rolling 12 dice. Their armour is of two. So 12 dice, assume their armour is two. You're going to kill, you're going to get nine hits from that on average. And of nine hits, they're going to save uh, one in three. So therefore you're killing five. So therefore you're going to get five dice going into the combat bonus. And then you go into your major hit. And you, you should do a lot of damage does that make sense
1: and then uh when you bring your your big hammer up your double your double hearth guard Mm -hmm. you can play norse too and all those all those dice become auto hits and oh uh, there it's even
0: more powerful yeah
1: yeah so my kind of thing that i would try to do because remember i had those three units of slaves running along behind there um i would play that expendables during my orders phase so that they could suck mm. up the the fatigue from that first round of combat do you, yeah did you use that very often do you do you
0: tend yeah to i did it, that was hard because you've got to think that you've got to get if, if you're charging m you've got to get make sure they're within s of that unit before you actually charge in And I found that quite hard to do. I mean, if you're charging a full M and and he's sitting right behind them, he's not going to help. So you you almost need to send him forward. So he's S away from the other unit, the enemy unit, before you actually go in with whatever you're doing to create those dice. I I found that quite hard on occasions to do. That's that's quite fiddly. And maybe that's where you need units of six or in your case, as you said, eights would work better than a big unit of 12.
1: Right, yeah, because the 12 is not going to be able to squeeze in there as easily um, as mm-hmm. the smaller ones. So yeah, I would I would tend to start off the in orders phase. I'd play that, um, and then I would throw in the uh, the Dance of Death almost immediately, and then said, okay, you you know, I'm going to just stock it up right away. Here's going to stock some <laughs> combat bonus up there, and then I would mm-hmm. go play the Spill Blood like you were saying to to make sure that you got uh, whatever whatever combat or whatever kills you get, uh, you're going to be able to restock with, and then go in with, uh, like you said, uh, clenched fists, or you know, howling axes, or whatever, and, and then just keep, and it's like, you kill all those things with the combat bonuses you stock the pool with, and then you play spill blood to restock the combat bonus with the, you know from the casualties. And even if you don't have another li- another uh, charge lined up, if for some reason they they didn't put, send enough guys for, that you can't continue on because remember you lost the fatigue to the to the slaves. You gave it to them. Um, you know you can still have it there as this big deterrent you're sitting there with like five dice or six dice on combat bonus
0: and, and one of them is going to be a one of them's going to be a rare right. so you're actually sitting there with seven you know it's amazing what you can do it really is and that's the key is loading that combat bonus at that key moment you you, you almost don't want it at the beginning of the phase you you need to burn your dice to create space so you have spare dice to put on there because the maximum you can put on there is eight in an ideal world If the last melee you went in, killed a load of levy, and it's your opponent's turn, you've got eight dice on there, which two or three of them are rares, you are in a strong old position. And all he's going to do is shoot you, because he's not going to want to melee you.
1: No, not at all. He's not going to want to do anything.
0: Why would he melee you?
1: Because
0: he knows he's going to die. Right. But uh, No, that's why why I like him. But um, they're a fun faction, but very bloody.
1: (laughs) So um, one question I had, I'm not a guy who uses their warlord as a hammer do you ever use king of the isles to to play your warlord as a hammer because that's where no i don't i'm
0: I'm not like that no okay i think i I think um i think in turn six maybe (laughs) that's about it
1: yeah that's (laughs) i would say if the, all the charges my warlord has made uh i would say probably 90 percent are on turn six you know yeah, and usually with me as second player
0: <laughs> <laughs> why would you exactly you know it's it's that it's that uh, call it the 10 o'clock move at the war games club isn't it you know you've got to do something now and uh now i don't use them at all I, i've seen that ability and it is nice to put your arm up to six, but. I mean if he's got a danax he's on five anyway so right
1: yeah what's the point so Mm. yeah so now i have a question on spill blood um just to see if i was cheating and playing it wrong but let's say that you know you, you sent your first charge in there and you killed six between the two between what you killed and what the enemy killed you've got six casualties laying there dead on the field but you only have five available dice. You still get those five available dice in, into the combat. Yeah, box. you get them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. That's what I thought. I went, but uh, when I went back and reread the the Ragnar thing, I didn't see him specifically point that out. And I know a lot of people like to say it's very specific. If you can't take all of them, you can't take any of them. But that would no, seem to be that... a, against the intent of Spill Blood.
0: So. No, I don't think so. No, I, I think that's the whole thing with that Spill Blood. is It's it's really all about the timing. You, you you almost don't want it to be the last thing you do. You want to do something after that to really capitalize on it. That's that's the, the thing with it. It's, it's a question of timing. That's probably what makes the North Scale board probably a little bit harder to use in the scheme of things. But um, no, I like it. It's yeah.
1: I had fun with it a couple of times I played it. And uh, what I would try to do is load it up with so that my hearth guard were going in with uh, the follow-up charge and did had, you go danax no i almost never used danax because they were my mm. i actually played it in kind of a serried ranks where my my hearth guard with the ordinary you know shield and sword so to speak were my front line the warriors were kind of in you know off to their sides on either, either in their flanks on either side and then the slaves were all hiding in between them and the arc kind of in between them um and mm. so i didn't want the danax i didn't want uh the, the vulnerability you can have you know with the with yeah armor. maybe
0: maybe i should maybe i should change it but i just think it makes them more aggressive that's oh yeah i mean
1: process. that plus one when charging is a, a great thing or in, in melee so mm-hmm. um but yeah i would always try to set it up so that i could play norse with those Hearthguard and get all those auto hits because i just didn't want to leave it up to the dice so it's like I, the dice will screw me if given a chance so <laughs> i'm not gonna <laughs> leave it up do to me. them So what, so uh, I think I can answer this question, but I I want, I want to hear you say, what do you enjoy most about playing the Norse, Norse scales?
0: Uh, They're just aggressive, really. I mean, I I, I play them for a fun game um, and they guarantee that every single time Uh, they are, they are aggressive. You know, they, they get stuck in and I, I just think. If you want to play what you consider to be a Viking army, this is a real Viking army. And um, yeah, it's not the most finesse army, you know, with the dancing and the shooting, but uh, that doesn't matter. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's a perfect club night game uh, army to use, I think. Perfect for it. I wouldn't use it in a tournament, but in a club night, perfect.
1: Uh, anything else about the Norse gales you want to talk about? Anything I didn't ask? I,
0: I think they struggle very heavily against you know the the dancing armies, the the, the shoot and scooters, the, the the Welsh and the Normans, um, and if someone's going to put a, you know an L between the between the two uh, battle lines, they're never going to get anything really. But um, that's the downside of them. But there uh, we go. I think the one good thing is I, as I say, I'm using the Book of Battles mostly, and that generates random sort of um scenarios rather than always the clash of warlords which does actually give them a slight brings them back into the game a little bit i think but um there we go yeah
1: yeah that's true that i guess i didn't really talk too much about the weakness because uh, we've been we've been kind of discussing it but they would they would struggle i i would say just taking a look at the the nightmare army for the north scales to faint would be the the normans because uh, they got those three All activation right. reaction abilities, their cavalry is going to be running away from you, uh, and then they got that stupid artillery unit, uh, as I call it, the uh, the levy bow that can shoot twenty-four. <laughs> yeah. So, so that to me would be the nightmare army to face with the. With
0: these uh, exactly, guys. and uh, you, you and you need to be attacking, so you're always going forward, so you just. They're just going to scoot away from you. So right. uh, the Normans or the Welsh, I think, would be tough. Even your Moors, if you was to play, right. you know, I, th- I think they would be hard to play as well. But there we go.
1: What about Age of Invasions? I've been I've been really really jonesing in on the uh, the videos Ooh. you've been putting up to to, to see because I haven't seen these guys in action for the most part. I've been playing the picks now, but uh, mm. you're saying the Franks are the one that's jumping out to you the most, or what? What do you think yeah. about the the armies in there?
0: It's interesting you say the picks Uh, in the book, they give them a one star for easy. And I don't think that's an easy faction to play. Wayne used them um, a little while ago and he struggled. I I don't think they're an easy faction to use at all. I think they're a two or three starer, but um, I don't know. They played well, though. They were tough to play. And for me, I like the Franks. Um, I played two games, um, one big in one and lost big in another. Um, And... uh, yeah, they play well. They've got a, aggressive, but there's a, there's a there's an ability two abilities on there that I, I struggle with. There's the the show of force, and then momentum. And the show of force is if you win a melee, then you get a token, and after three tokens, then you can spend them on um with free determination for free units. Um, and I think you're only going to get them in turn three or turn four. I, I I don't see how you can get them any earlier, particularly if someone's going to sit back off you a little bit. Um, so I, I, but apart from that they've got some fantastic abilities on there and I do I do like the franks i I play them in bigger clumps of units I'm playing them in tens and 12s a 12 a 10 and a 10 is, is what I've used but um they play well and um, don't get into hand on hand with them I think the only ones who could give them a game would be the norse scale family that's probably why I like them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're an aggressive yeah. hand-to-hand faction but uh, I like them yeah they're um, interestingly um, Wayne's got a Sassanid army um, and one of the games I lost um, uh, didn't record properly was when he used his Sassanids for the first time against me and on last Wednesday we, we played another game and he used Sassanids and I used Franks this time and I did record it and uh, I have to say I like the Sassanid board and I like the look of the army, it looks well balanced it shows Lots of different ways they've been able to play. I think the Franks are a little one-dimensional, like the Norse scale are. But mm-hmm. the, but I think yeah. I think the Sassanids look really interesting. Not not so sure about the elephants. Um, I'm not not convinced. But everything else in the battle board is really powerful. I, I like them. It's a shame he's got them. Otherwise, I'd get them. I think.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to get them now. <laughs> I'm kind of that way too. If Somebody else already has the army and is playing it regularly. I'm like, oh, I got to find something else that hasn't been played. Um... Exactly. To, yeah. Have you have you
0: looked at them at all? The the Sassanid board I've at all? I looked a
1: little bit at the board, and I've heard a lot of people talking about them. I I would say easily that's the army that's generated pre-release mm. of the rule of the of the book generated the most buzz. And since then, I mean, I think there's been a lot of buzz about the Goths and the Huns and you know to a certain degree the Franks. But I, I think the assassins are still up there. I think everybody's really excited about them. I mean, they're they're a balanced army. They're they're a combined they arms are balanced, army. They And people, yeah. people, you know, we're, most of us are, his, you know, fans of history and ancient warfare, and you know, you're, you're drawn to those balanced armies that can take on, you know, the ability to take on anybody. Um, so yeah, I think that they're going to be really popular too.
0: Mm, but they also look great as well. Oh I yeah. Mean, you know, you know, you got cataphracts which look nice. You have got the Ellies which which look great. You know, I I think. Whoever markets and sells the best figures of those, is good. do Aventine do um, Sassanid? I
1: believe so. I believe that's what my friend Jason well, is painting up. Uh, the do Aventine. you know
0: what? Aventine are going to make a lot of money out of those.
1: I think so um, too. I think oh. just hopefully they can keep up with production on it because that's uh yeah. I think that's going to be one of the real popular ones. I had a mm, Sassanid army as uh in fifteen for when back when we played DBA and I loved it. I mean, i the mm. cataphracts and that horn armor and uh they just look good like you said they're just a a cool looking army
0: mm, they are a cool looking army so yeah I, yeah they're, they're, they're good to play I, I um i mean i've got the um my mongols now I'll, I'll play them as huns right um uh, and they're a tricky fashion to play I, we played who did i play I played um someone a few weeks ago and they had goths and i had huns
1: yeah i Couldn't think really i watched it. that one yeah and you kind yeah. of like were the counter for each other didn't uh... well we were
0: i mean he was uh, loading he, he wants to go in with it was wayne wasn't it he was using yeah. he was that, that was it he wanted to go in with fatigue because it increases his his attack dice and his attack abilities and all the huns do is they give you fatigue <laughs> i think this is not right <laughs> but no it was a good game um Goths is an interesting one that's a that's a hard one it's, it's like the a mobile Anglo-Dane army, really, isn't it? Right, uh, it's yeah, got that right. that feel about it. Well, they certainly on diversion one, anyway. It was all about giving the fatigue out.
1: Yeah, I think but to a certain t- degree they're still about that. You know, load them up with fatigue, then go in and hit them while they're all fatigued up, and you know, you know, use the. You're gonna die, but you just yeah yeah. You're gonna, t- you're
0: gonna die, but you just go in with small units. It's like you know, uh, fatigue bombs, really, isn't it? That's what you're hoping to create is go in there, wipe a unit out more fatigue and then going with somewhere else. Right. I can't imagine people are gonna have units of eight half and guard, mounted half and guard going around there. You're gonna want them in fours and you even with the the warriors you'd think you you'd drop them down to sixes. Um that sort of thing. But yeah. so the goths.
1: I uh I have to confess I have not actually looked at the goth board yet. I've listened to the to the buzz about it, but I have not uh had kind of a coming off of a, a busy time in school and everything and and when I got the book, I'm like, yay. And I started, I said, well, the first one I'm going to look at is the picks because I have the figures already. And I liked nice. how it looked. And I started, you know, make, taking notes. and like, oh, I could do this and this and, you know, this and this and this. And and so I really haven't found the time to, to really dive into the other factions. So um, I really got to start doing that sooner or later. Otherwise, Ooh, I'm going to well, end up playing them well. and getting crushed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Wayne and I have played everyone. The only two we haven't played is the Saxons and i think it's the, the britons we haven't played so i think we're up to play those two factions at some stage in the near future but yeah. um we've played we've played all the others now so um yeah i mean that's that's the thing is that obviously i, I don't sort of focus on one faction i'd like to play the huns or the mongols more because I, I just love playing them but um we, we're trying to spread out the just just share share all the different factions i think that's the best thing to do
1: yeah that's great yeah, and that, uh, actually speaking of Mongols, I've finally uh, put my second got the the figures all cleaned up for my second point of Mongols. I painted the first point over the summer and hadn't oh. touched them in a while, and now it's time to get back into it. I and I, I maybe also because the fact I can like you, I'll use them as Huns, even though I know there's a you know huge gap in history you know six seven eight hundred <laughs> years it's still guys on horses it's just like dark age warriors i mean you can use yeah. an individual frankish warrior as a saxon warrior and,
0: you know, oh, gonna... my vikings have been proxied so many things that you would not believe so <laughs>
1: yep, absolutely.
0: yeah, I absolutely. i agree with you yeah
1: so but no uh, no they're
0: the ones that they're, they're the ones that shout out to me okay that's great yeah
1: and i i look forward to watching you uh Watching you play them out, and uh, you know, inflict them on Wayne, and have Wayne inflict them on you outrageously. Yeah. So,
0: <laughs>
1: what? Um, what? So, what's on the painting table right now, there, Graham? What, what are you working on at right this moment?
0: I've got um, with the Huns. I don't know if you've looked at their board. They've got one ability, and it's called. Barbarians of the East bottom right is it bottom right yes it is bottom right and it's a melee ability and with the Huns you can, you have an option to have levy mounted mm. levy um, they've not got javelins they are just mounted troops um, but they fight one per two in melee not one per three for a uncommon dice you go in for a melee you charge them in they've got six dice as a start and then you use this ability and it gives you an additional six dice so you're capped at 12 with, straight away with
1: just one ability nothing nothing
0: else. just one ability it is immense and if you use a rare on there um you can re-roll all your dice that roll one oh my gosh i mean i mean wow so I'm painting twelve of them. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've got twelve footsaw miniature Huns on my painting desk at the moment, being nice. painted. That's what I'm painting. Now nice. <laughs> answer to your
1: question. I saw uh, somebody who played the Huns before the Age of Invasions came out, and I uh, oh. fought him when I played the the Picts or the, the Scots rather. And um, I told him, I said, "Hey, you need to look at this Age of Invasions book. They've they've revitalized your Hun army because he wasn't." wasn't really thrilled with how how they treated the huns and
0: i i thought i thought they were super strong i played about nine games for them i didn't lose a single game i played one game against a roman i didn't lose a single figure
1: oh my gosh
0: you know they were so darty in and out all the time they were an immense army whether that was clash of warlords that was pre-book of battles so we were all playing clash of warlords and maybe uh scenarios would kill them but i thought on the version one they were an immense faction absolutely immense
1: even with the Uh, version two changes you thought they were still
0: still able to take i don't think they were strong i don't think they were strong Uh, the version one faction was the huns were brilliant but the version two less so but they're still very good and to the point that yeah i'll I'll I'll, i will play them i will play them
1: yeah, hopefully one day for me too, but the Mongols, if they're being painted up as Mongols, they got to come first. So. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, the Mongol board is good. The Mongol board is really good.
1: I, I like it. Yeah, I've,
0: I think played, you play I've as
1: well. played against it twice, but haven't played using it yet. And uh, uh, One and one against them, and I, they have a lot of fun stuff. I agree. I, I'm really looking forward to playing them, especially the first time someone inadvertently lets me burn the forest down around their ears. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs>
0: how cool is that <laughs> yeah,
1: you can't ask for a better ability on the mongol board than the, no than not really down the trees and the fields and you know <laughs> scorched earth policy so. no so no, uh
0: okay.
1: is uh army that you don't have the figures for yet that uh, you've been eyeing or the assassin is that is that is that what you're thinking might be the next purchase or yeah, what
0: I can't. um honestly I, I i'm tempted to to paint to buy more huns if um I'm tempted to get more Huns and then sort of slowly have pure Huns rather than proxied Huns. Um, I've I've got um, I, I kind of in the back of my mind I'm aware that Age of Alexander might come one day and I have a, a Macedonian army 28 wheel, which I used to play uh, Warhammer on and I'm going to rebase those but i will need more figures so I'm kind of thinking there really in, in the future but how knowing how slow the production can be sometimes with these books you, I don't you can get too pumped up and expect them by christmas because they won't be there
1: right,
0: right I agree. so so yeah in answer to your question probably probably a hunnic war band but i've kind of in the back of my mind i'm thinking persian i'm thinking macedonian you know, or even Scythian, yeah you know, something like that yeah
1: well, that's, that's cool. what i'd like yeah those huns would be great i i had a 15-liter hun dba army too and that was that was fun to paint and all the yeah. all the you know horsemen and everything it's going to be gonna be good and like i said that 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 army is yeah, it's, people are there's a lot of people really interested in it so i think uh i think you won't be alone in fielding them that's for sure
0: mm, i think they're good i think they're really really good
1: well graham it's been uh it's been a blast chatting with you i kind of you know having listened to so many of your what well, you got like like 35 different games up on your uh like have here. I really? I don't know. I've got, I've yeah. got a few, haven't I? So yeah, I was—I was going to
0: say—I was going say, to say one thing to you, actually.
1: Okay.
0: Um, perhaps one—perhaps one day, you and I can play a Zoom game.
1: Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, I'd like that.
0: that. There we are. So maybe one. we'll arrange that in the new year. We, we can have a Zoom game.
1: Yeah. Well, I actually, during uh, starting, uh, I have one more week of school here, and then the following two weeks off. So who knows? Maybe we'll be able to do that. Since uh, you're you're five hours ahead of me and uh, we can we can work <laughs> out both our schedules that way then.
0: Perfect. Well, there we are then. Something to look forward
1: to. Yeah, definitely. Well, right. Well, good chatting with you. And for those who haven't uh, seen it yet, definitely check out uh, Graham's Wargame Vault on YouTube. I'll put a link in my description and uh, it's, uh, Graham, I want to thank you for the, for what you did, the service. I mean, that was in, that, in those dark hours and we weren't gaming any miniatures at all and weren't getting together and, and to be able to sit there and watch watch you guys play a game and you know kind of kind of kept the saga spark alive for me for for many months oh
0: thank you very much that's very kind I
1: appreciate that all right well until we're uh until that zoom game uh I will uh I'll talk to you soon thanks again for coming out tonight
0: thank you very much good good evening